Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Travel Ones Podcast. Today is my 100th episode, and I am lucky to have a special guest, my wonderful, wonderful wife, Wendy Hill. How are you today, Wendy? I'm pretty good, Pete. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to have uh, a wonderful wife that's willing to be a guest on my show, especially for the 100th episode. And the reason I wanted to talk to you about, or on the show, was your background as a cocktail waitress. So Okay. Yeah. You know, as, as my listeners can imagine, you spent what uh, parts of three decades, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we opened our doors January third, nineteen ninety seven, and I left in twenty fourteen. A long time. So it was yeah. I spent part of my twenties, all of my thirties, and a couple years in my forties there. Same casino. So I'm trying to imagine exactly what you could have seen and and done, experienced with 20, 20 plus years in Las Vegas on the Strip at a, at a major casino. I mean, what was kind well, of life like? Uh, well, I didn't know I was going to go into this industry. I was um, going to UNLV to uh, become a school teacher, and I was an education major. And um, this was supposed to be a temporary job. What what ended up happening is when I started, the very first thing I thought was people curse more. Um, there seems to be uh, less manners. Uh, in other <laughs> words, like every other job I worked had a little more professionalism in it. And um, I was working with <laughs> people that shape me now. Maybe I'm not so appropriate around people now because of it but uh i did see a lot of things and i grew up really fast i was 25 pretty naive still living with my mom and dad for the first three months that i was uh there and i remember um it was we opened our doors in january and it was probably mid-march and i had wads of cash and chips that i hadn't cashed out on my dresser and I was mad at my parents for waking me up early in the morning because I worked the 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. shift. And I, didn't, I wasn't getting home from work until closer to 5.30 in the morning. And then my dad would be up at 7, you know, mowing the lawn and my mom doing laundry. And they said, get out. <laughs> so get I took out. that cash and I bought all my furniture for my apartment, my bed and, you know, kitchen table, everything. And I moved out with a gay uh, guy friend of mine and we were two girls just living it up for a year and after that I moved by myself <laughs> did you expect to make that kind of money and, and how did you I always because like for me I, I did kind of the same thing I remember going to work and all of a sudden I was making more money than the teachers and I'm like why am I going to school trying to learn how to make well, less money that's what happened I was uh, going to UNLV I think I was on my seventh year <laughs> and I hadn't graduated yet uh, like I said, I remember I was an education major, and at that time in 1996, the starting pay was 24500 a year. 
And uh, that first year in 97, I made six figures. Yeah. So I remember saying to my parents, you know, they said, are you going to finish up that degree and, and then, you know, become a teacher? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm making cash money hand over fist. <laughs> uh, but, and, you know, back then I couldn't tell myself what I would, you know, what I know now was you can't do that job forever. The money wasn't always that good. It was good in the nineties. And then, you know, over the course of time between, uh, 9-11 and then the housing, uh, cri- not crisis, but, you know, when the real estate market just bottomed out, um, you know, money went down. And then in the last few years, it really started to go down because they're just, you know, spreading everything so thin and charging a lot for those drinks. And the money just isn't there anymore. And the job is harder because you're carrying out those heavy trades. Uh, so it's not as fun. Okay. You know, you, you mentioned you started, what, 97 Mm-hmm. That was kind of right at the end of the of when the mob was getting out of Vegas, pretty much. Yeah, about that. I, and uh, you know, I never paid it much attention until I started working in the casinos. I had worked in a couple of casinos uh, prior to me becoming a waitress, but I didn't do anything with the casino floor. I worked, you know, like behind the scenes. Uh, but um, I noticed a transition from these greasy pompadour shark skin wearing pinky ring having you know older guys that were running the show and then over the course of my time fewer and fewer of those guys were left and it was more college kids coming in and somebody and you know people people that had no gaming no casino experience but they were part of the boys club and all these guys knew each other and they would just give them you know these really high positions and let them take a stab at running a casino like they would run some other business and you, you could tell who had never dealt a card or poured a drink. Um, when I was coming up, most of the bosses I had started out, you know, like I did. And for the end, we were hiring college kids that never even really had set foot in a casino until they were of legal age. And it's funny because when I, you know, toward the end, my bosses were like 22, 23 years old. And I'm like, you weren't even allowed in the casino when I started this job. You were like 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's just gotta be a weird, weird transition. So let me ask you: this. Uh, it Was the yeah. you know when you watch the movies about Vegas in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even to the nineties? You know, like you were mentioning the shark skin suits and all that. Was that real? Hmm. So. Um. I mean, okay. So as you know, my grandparents lived in Las Vegas in the sixties and seventies, and I was born in seventy one, and I used to go out to Vegas with my parents up until. I was 10. Uh, by then, both of my grandparents had died. But I remember being in the casino. Like, they would take me to Circus Circus because that was really the only place a kid could go. Uh, but, it, you know, unlike today, you had to rush kids through those casinos. You could stop for a moment. Um, today, security doesn't really watch that. But, um, uh, yeah, it, back then compared to now, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> about the mob. Oh, the mob. Yeah, well, yeah, they were definitely, their presence, you, you, you could feel it. Things were run differently. Um, as Again, as I started aging out of the business, I noticed that it was less mob, more corporate. But the corporate people were bigger scumbags than the mob ever was because they would lie to your face and do whatever they needed to do so they could make their bottom line. And at least the mob kind of... Um, you know, they, you, you respected them <laughs> and you knew they were consistent when they doled out 
any form of uh, punishment. <laughs> I myself didn't have to worry about that in my position, but I did know people uh, in that, uh, or I should say people whose family was in that business. And uh, you just, uh, you, re- you use respect. <laughs> well, that's a, I think that's the thing that is missing from, from Vegas. I remember when well, you I, wouldn't get away with the shit you get. Sorry, I'm swearing, but you wouldn't get away with the stuff you get away with now. Everybody has cameras. Uh, everybody's a victim now. Everybody's too crazy now. But um, it, and of course, this is before I started working. Probably maybe 15, 20 years before I started working. But I do know that if if any of the customers got out of line in any way, you know, they would handle that business privately and, and you wouldn't have that problem anymore. And the word would get out in the street. The, the, the hustlers wouldn't try to pull that shit because, you know, they knew they couldn't get away with it. I remember when I first moved to Las Vegas, 1989, uh, it was just before my 18th birth- birthday. Uh, for some reason, my dad wanted to check out every buffet in town. So we, used to, <laughs> you know, and of course, while we're waiting, you know, in line, my parents would, they'd make me wait in line for the buffet while they were you playing gamble. the slot machines. Yep. And I remember one day I was standing, just waiting, and I saw about six security guards carrying a guy out that was kind of zip tied, like at the ankles, and and they threw they 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 used his head to push that bar that opens up the door. They used his head and threw him out onto the street, and the doors <laughs> closed, and the guys walked away, and I stood there, and I and even as a, a kid, I was like. Whoa! You don't mess around in these places. I don't know what he did, but he must have deserved it. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing, though. You know, and I remember talking to you when we first met. It was like I remember going there like '88 when I turned 21, and it was like comps were common. Like if you if you were cool and you were respectful, the pit boss would come up and go, "Hey, guys, what are you doing? You know, how long are you in Vegas for?" Da, 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 you know, hey, here's our room if you want to stay here. And sometimes we'd use it, sometimes we didn't. But it wasn't, and then hey, you want you guys need to eat something, you know? Go, why don't you take a break and go over to the buffet? Right. Yeah, the comps started disappearing. Uh, remember, I left yeah. in 2014. I can I can imagine they probably all but dried up at this point because they're not giving anything back to the players anymore. The, yeah. You know, it's all about the bottom line and greed, greed, greed. But yes, back in the day, they used to give you you know a um, pack of cigarettes or comp to you know get something to eat yeah. or if you were really doing well they'd be like hey you're tired we'll we'll hang on to your you know your marker your money and you can go get some rest in a room and come back and play later yep. i've seen them hold slot machines before for people that were just you know feeding it <laughs> um but yeah they, they used to do it and now there's no value to las vegas they're catching you from what all those taxes when you you know the room is advertised at fifty nine, but by the time you get in and you pay for it, it's close to a hundred dollars. The resort, fees. Um, you know, no more free valet parking. You know, before you just tip the guy five bucks, and you know, be sure to get your car back in decent condition. If you gave him more, he would keep it close. Yeah. Uh, now they charge you $20. Uh, you think that person's going to tip the valet person? They're pissed off that they have to pay $20 to park. Yep. So, you know, every time you shorten the poor, you take another, you know, another thing that was once given for free away from the players, they're not really going to come back and they're certainly not going to take care of the employees. And let's face it, uh, Vegas is a tipping city, or at least in case your listeners don't know this, (laughs) if you want something from somebody in Las Vegas, you have to tip them. 
Um, I used to tell people, I'm like, look, my time off is work. <laughs> if, if you, you, technically you're supposed to be gambling if you want that free drink from your waitress. But if you uh, take care of your waitress and you're polite and, you know, not too demanding, she will be. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I very frequently, maybe even bring you a free drink for your friend or your girlfriend, wife, whatever. Uh, and, uh, yeah, keep you liquored up, but snapping fingers and being you know, demanding, it doesn't work, but I feel for the customer now, because now that I've been a civilian, <laughs> I sat in that chair and I'm like, who is that bitch, man? I haven't seen her. <laughs> it's like 45 minutes. I haven't seen a waitress and now I can kind of see their frustration, but it's a two-sided coin. Was that because, you know, as the corporate greed comes you know that they make the stations bigger or they have less pe- people on staff? uh yeah that's actually a good question um you know of course when i started you know way back in the 90s my casino was newer and uh more you know it was busier uh, we had a lot of attractions as time progressed we weren't the new kid on the block anymore um not only were we aging but the type of clientele was getting a little bit older too because we weren't keeping it young and fresh and after a while, um, yeah, they just, I'm sorry, one more time, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. What was the point of, what did you want me to answer? I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it just looks easy on TV. <laughs> what does it look like on TV? What did you say? It looks, it's oh. easy on TV. Which part? To stay on focus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably going to have to edit this part out. <laughs> I'll probably keep it in. Oh, no. I'm sorry. What was ex- I was going off on a tangent because there's so many things I want to tell you, and I am trying to, you know, cover them all, and I probably get off. off oh, off no, no, we're fine because we were talking about, you know, being a civilian and, and the, the changes of how there's less people or, you know, less staff so that that waitress who used to have a, a small station could could come around more frequently. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry. Back to that. So yeah, over the over course of my career, I watched them get rid of change people. Yeah. Remember that now? Oh, now God, they've yeah. been replaced with um, you know cash machines. If you've noticed now, the slot machines don't spit out coins anymore. Yep. So now they're spitting out tickets. So if you're a cocktail waitress, you come by. Hey, here's your beer. Oh, I'm sorry, man. All my money is in the machine. I don't have anything to tip you with. That, li- like, that could be literally okay, true. Right. And it, and it was true. And and. I, Every now and then, somebody would chase you down. They'd be like, hey, I just cashed out. You know, thanks a lot. You know, I'm like, oh, wow, you, you kept your word. But I would say more, I would say 75% of the people did not catch you. And if they did leave a ticket, it was like one of those odd increments, like three cents. <laughs> so at the end of the night, if I collected enough of those, I might have a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, with that, you know, as time progressed, they started eliminating positions forcing employees to cover more and you're not making any more. You're just doing more work. Um, now the latest thing that they've done uh, is they've gotten rid of the service bartenders and they've replaced them with, they're called machines that are called smart 
tenders. Now, I don't know a whole lot. I've only been talking to a few of my friends that are still working there, but they're saying for them personally, it is making their jobs miserable because for one, there's no human interaction. So uh, before, you know, the girls, we would line up and we'd ice our glasses and, you know, the bartender and the bar back would be, Bar back and grab your beers, bartender will be making the drinks and they're trying to get you in and out as fast as possible. Uh, now you have one girl who's standing in front of the machine and you gotta remember, it's hard enough for the girls to just put ice and uh, a fucking lime and a lemon in a glass and call their drinks in the right order for the bartender. Now you got them putting the, you know, okay, Jack and Coke. Got it, Jack, all right, and Coke. All right, got to wait for that. Okay, and then she puts that on her tray and then, or, you know, whatever, and on to the next one. I mean, if you've got somebody who has a slow, you know, or they're a little spacey, oh, my God, you could be standing there for 10, 15 minutes waiting for your drink. So now that guy that's out there playing that machine thinks you forgot about him. He lost all his money. He gets up, he moves. Maybe he wanders into another waitress's uh, area. And then you come out with a drink. You don't find him. You walk around with it for a round. Now it's getting watered down. Uh, you go back, you throw it in the sink, you trash it, and then you see him 20 minutes later, and he's like, hey, you never brought me my drink. And it's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's bad for both. So there's a lot of factors. Uh, you know, like I said, the more you spread people thin, the worse service the customers are going to get. And I just don't think corporate cares. They have to answer to their shareholders. And I just, I did notice this. And because I don't work for the company anymore, although if you want to do the research, you might not know what casino I'm talking about, but you know the company. Uh, Jim Murin stepped down, who was our our company's president. And um, he took a fat golden parachute just before the coronavirus hit. A lot of executives did. So I just thought, found, found that odd. He, he got his payment, and now look what they're doing. They're doubling up on CEOs per casino. Like they're, they're having one casino watch. I'm sorry. One CEO watch over two casinos. Uh, same thing. One manager is watching over multiple departments. Um, they're just now starting to call employees back. And it's a good way to get rid of a lot of people. So I'm sorry. I'm talking about Vegas and today and not Vegas back then. But Vegas is changing. And I don't know what it's going to be like after this. Well, that, that goes perfectly into my next question, which was, you know, I remember back in, in the 80s and 90s going there as a young man. And mm-hmm. you you went there to gamble. I mean, you you went there to gamble. You mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't go there to do anything else. But now you have the the you know a new beast called the day and night clubs. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. the, now uh, people my my daughter's age are going there just to go to the days and nightclub, and they don't even gamble anymore. Well, it, it, one of the things that I had learned uh, not too long before leaving was that. Uh, food and beverage or the alcohol sales is what's carrying Las Vegas. It's not the gambling. It's, it's not the shows. It's not the restaurants. It's the alcohol sales. And we need those kids to come in. Of course, they need people like us, you know, older people that are actually gambling and putting some money in those machines and shopping and all everything else that goes with it. But those day clubs and those night clubs are like, Ooh, I mean, I remember when I when I moved to Vegas, I, it was just for my 18th birthday. Um, you still had to be 21 to get into nightclubs there, so I had to wait a few years. But we only had 
like one or two nightclubs for the whole city. And they were not in casinos. I mean, we had the shark club. Um, anybody from Vegas listening would know that place. And that was a freestanding building. And then in, you know, mid nineties, it was the drink, um, utopia was like a techno club. So, I mean, and those were the only nightclubs. Now you got nightclubs, in, like multiple clubs in yeah. one casino. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the nightclubs that I went to back in my day, they were, um, you know, there weren't gorgeous staff working. They did have a few booths and places to sit, but you weren't sitting, you, you know, it wasn't, nobody owned it. It wasn't bottle service tables, yeah. Yeah. private tables. It was just someplace you sat for a moment a and then break. you were dancing. Yeah. And then some genius was like, Hey, I can put a bunch of people and charge more and make it more exclusive and give you this idea that you're a fucking baller. And let me tell you something about that. All you suckers out there that are listening to this, that buy those, the bottle service and the table, you're <laughs> doing it because you want to show off. It has nothing to do with, because first of all, you're isolated from everybody. So if you want to meet chicks, you know what they do? These dudes that don't have enough, personality to get out there and mingle and actually meet chicks and bring them to the table will pay security to fish. And then you know how I know that? Cause I've been fished and I have come to your table and drank your premium alcohol and then excused myself to go to the bathroom and took off. So <laughs> let me just tell you that doesn't work. It's just better to be on the floor, mix with people and you know, don't be that guy but up now, there. And there's... plus you're paying $500 for a bottle of absolute. What? I mean, come on. <laughs> But now, but now you're, you're so loud in those places. You can barely. Oh right, you can't talk. So I mean, yeah, you're right. So so you're paying all this money to listen to this world-renowned DJ, so you can be isolated with a handful of people that you may or may not know. Uh, occasionally, some really hot chick who's your waitress will come by and top off your drinks, and she's going to add an auto what fifteen, eighteen percent to gratuity to your check. So don't be a dumb dumb and tip her on top of that because she's already making money. That bottle of champagne that you just bought at a thousand percent markup also is going to come with an auto grat. And before you know it, you've dropped a few grand so you can have an experience. I don't know who you are and what that means to you when you take that home, but for everybody else, we're just making money off of you. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But maybe that's, you know, how I feel now as an adult, older. Yeah. Uh, I think the clubs are out of control. However, uh, best lights I've ever seen, like best layouts. I mean, it's a serious business. And they don't even get start getting going until like 11, 12 o'clock yeah. at night, which is way past my bedtime now. But um, <laughs> let me tell you about the, the girls that the waitresses that are making a fucking killing in these nightclubs. Um, now, I you know, at best in my casino day, I had my, my, my hourly pay and, you know, I had some health insurance and some benefits that were included in that, which was good. That in itself is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but depending on the waitress, depending on her section, depending on what time of day she was working, what day she was working, uh, you know, what her attitude was, how good her bartender was. There's a lot of factors. But no no matter what, it, it, most casino waitresses will never pull what a nightclub waitress pulls. However, nightclub waitresses are not union, so oh, they can be that. fired for any little reason. And there's a constant crop of beautiful girls coming up every season. And, well, you know. That's because they're not union. So That's the, right, so but the, the, the union waitresses can just fire the ones oh, yes. that gain a little weight. Uh, and... Even that, you just look at somebody the wrong way, you know. And I'm sure a lot of these girls, you know, have to fight hand tooth and nail to 
come back and get that same spot. And I have to say, I don't know what's harder, wearing high heels, lingerie, full makeup, lashes, extensions, nails, all that shit, carrying out sparklers so you can bring out, you know, a bottle of champagne, working until six in the morning, or the day pool girl that has is yeah. under constant scrutiny for her body because God forbid she has a slice of pizza on, you know, when she's PMSing, um, these girls have to look phenomenal in their bathing suits. Um, a lot of them have fake tits, but it's not necessary. I know a lot of them that are having tattoos today. Um, yeah. We weren't allowed to have tattoos in my day, but um, you know, these chicks are hot and they're working out in like triple digit heat and you know, I, I just, I give it up. I think honestly, theirs is probably harder because of the heat. Uh, that's the one shift I never worked. I was like, no thanks. <laughs> you can't jump in the pool and you get migraines when you go in and out from air conditioning to heat. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lol. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that's got to be a tough gig. But yeah, those those girls are making, you can tell the difference. They're showing up to work in Mercedes. You know, they have say, a real Louis Vuitton bag. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, this is just my hunch just based on what I've heard again, it, it differs from day to day, girl to girl, club to club, but at least a thousand a night Yeah, can be because you know, you're, you're, if you have a good bottle service table or you have people ordering drinks on top of the already, whatever they paid for it, that's, you know, you're just, it's not, it's just one big transaction at the end of the night, somebody's going to put on their credit card and you get to cash out with that. But, you know, these jobs dry up. The nightclubs aren't forever. You know, sometimes no. clubs are hot for six months to a year and then they die out or, you know, the next biggest thing. And, yeah, it's well, it's tough, very but, transient. You know, you know I, think, I think, well, my opinion of, of, work, of the Las Vegas workers was it, it's a transient. Like, you weren't, you weren't meant to be a casino waitress for 35 years. Well, okay, Nobody should be a casino cocktail waitress for 35 years. A lot of women end up aging themselves in the business because you get comfortable, <laughs> you, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you, you build a life based on your pay. Um, I would say for the nightclub waitresses, they're not going to have any longevity for the women that become casino waitresses. And I don't know of any new casinos that have opened recently, but in my day, I mean, it seems like almost every year, a new casino would open. So if you weren't happy at one spot and you got, you know, you drew a good bid number at a new casino and a bid number is you hire a hundred girls, they randomly, so, you know, they put your names in a barrel, they draw names and whoever has these numbers 
number one, obviously gets the number one choice of shifts. Yes, yeah. So you have an opportunity to like pick the dice pit, you know, with Monday, Tuesday off. So you're working the best, the best shift, the best night. So you're going to make the most money. Um, when I did my bid, you know, there was a hundred girls hired at my casino when we opened and I was number 60. I was like, Oh, by the time I got my shift, I mean, I got something. Okay. But it forever kept me chasing the dragon because my bid number wasn't great. And I had to wait for a lot of bitches, get fired, quit, die before I had some shit. Which reminds me, when a waitress quits or leaves, the very first question <laughs> the next girl is going to ask is, when is her shift going to be posted? <laughs> we had some girls die at my job. And, you know, the manager is announcing it. Oh, my God, it's so sad. Oh, my God, it's awful. So when are you guys going to be watching your shift? <laughs> like the body's not even cold yet. <laughs> I know this doesn't really have a lot to do with no, tourism, no. but I can, I can tell you how I feel like I have a little knowledge on tourists because uh, everybody from all over the world comes to Las Vegas. Yeah. And pretty much everybody's looking for a cocktail waitress because they want a drink. So I've met people all over the board and, um, it's been nice because there's places that I know I'll never visit. And, you know, people would give me their addresses and emails and say if I ever showed up or ever had any plans to come to their country to look them up. Well, and, you also had uh, your, your friends would, would come in town and, and see you. Cause it, oh, that was, a, yeah, a that was actually a perk. Yeah. Uh, living in Las Vegas, you pretty much can guarantee people will come to visit. People will see you. If you live in Buttfuck, USA, nobody wants to come visit you. Uh, but I, I saw people that I went to high school with, people that I grew up with, um, you know, family members that I hadn't seen in years, but they had business in Las Vegas. So they popped by the casino to say hello. My dad would send people over to say hello to me. Like, <laughs> this is my insurance adjuster. He lives in Florida. I told him to stop by and say hello. Um, hi, nice to meet you. So you're my dad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is he gambling? Is he going to tip me? I don't know. Um, yeah, and, and it was also a good way, like, if if people express interest in talking to you, you could always say, well, you can stop by my casino, because I felt always safe. Like, if I wanted, you know, if a stranger was trying to talk to me, I'd be like, just meet me at the casino, or just talk to me here, because yeah. I had friends, and I was under cameras, and I always felt safe in the casino. I gotta tell you, not, I mean, well, that sounds crazy. Crazy things did happen. But not a lot of crazy things happen because we have those cameras, because there's eye in the skies and everybody's watching you. Um, but there, as you know, there's been some. I was there when the Tyson fight happened and he bit off Holyfield's ear and everybody bum rushed the bridge and came over and, woo. <laughs> that was crazy. So here's, here's my next question for you. And I'll preface it with this I know you haven't met Olivia Newton John. Yeah, you know this, and you love to rub it in. <laughs> but what, who are some of the celebrities you, you've met at, uh, working as as the waitress? Uh, there's been so many. Other lot. than Olivia uh, Newton-John. Other than Olivia Newton-John, who, by the way, if anyone knows her, and give anything to meet her. I've met everybody, and she, except for her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's the only one I really want to meet. <laughs> um, okay, so the most memorable one, the one that still to this day, I was like, holy shit. Uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. And it was just a couple of months before he died. Huh. And he was polite and he tipped me five bucks. 
for drink and I make sure to give him better vodka. <laughs> um, and he, even the dealer, like we were just a little, it was, he was nobody. I don't think anybody really knew who he was. He was just a good looking guy. Carolyn wasn't with him because I was looking for her. Cause I remember, you know, they just were such a beautiful couple, but he was just very understated and, and quietly playing blackjack. He was only there for about 20 minutes. I served him one drink. He tipped me my five and he was just lovely. And I remember the dealer and I like gushing about him afterward. Um, other celebrities, run of the mills. I mean, anybody who was relevant in the nineties, they, you know, because our casino was new, um, everybody rolled through there. Um, some strange ones like Marilyn Manson asked me where the bathroom was and he was in like full makeup. Like he just got off stage. I'm like, dude, are you trying to get attention? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think about there's some, so many odd ones. Like, man, I'm trying to think like actors from the seventies, the eighties, Joey Buttafuoco. <laughs> <laughs> this is taking it back. Amy Fisher, Joey Buttafuoco, not Amy Fisher, but Joey Buttafuoco was there. Um, trying to think who else. Some of the nice ones, Ben Stiller, sweetheart, total sweetie pie. He was with his Christina or Christine. I remember his wife, but at the time they were dating. And I remember, I wasn't really sure if it was him because he, he looked a little disheveled. Like who knows? Maybe had a long day, but, um, I stopped him and he turned around and, and seemed pleasantly surprised that I recognized him. And we talked for a minute and he was very nice and made, made me even more of a fan. I mean, I always loved him, but I was like, he's a good guy too. Um, trying to think who else. Gosh, I'm brain farting. You know, some Jeremy, Jeremy Pittens. Yeah, but that wasn't at where I work. I mean, Oh yeah. Well, that was another thing in general. Oh my God. Well, celebrities, Everybody comes to Vegas. The irony is, is I wanted to live in LA where I'm at now, uh, and you know, work in entertainment. And since I've been here, I, in what, six years, I've seen a handful of famous people living in LA. Um, I saw a handful of people every weekend. It's just Vegas. Everybody goes there. And I think people forget they, our tourism motto was what happens there stays there, but no, (laughs) and I don't know why people act the fool. Somebody has to be responsible for them. But uh, anyway, long story short. Um, yeah. Uh, what about Duran Duran? Duran Duran. Yes. Oh, my God. Of course, you know, I. Okay. So, again, next to Lemony and John, Duran Duran. And I met I met Simon after a concert at the Hard Rock one night after they were performing. And then two days later, Simon, Nick, and John. No, I'm sorry. Simon, Nick, and Roger uh, came to see our show at our casino and uh i was filling my tray with drinks and the phone rings in the bar and it's my bar my one of the bartenders that works in the showroom and he's like yeah that band you like uh duran duran i'm like yeah he's like they're here right now and i was like what like you know the show was over but there was no crowd anymore they had already ushered them out and so i ran out with my drinks <laughs> and i was starting to drop them off and i was like this is going to take too much time so i took my tip cup off and I dumped all the drinks into the garbage. I mean, I don't care. What, I mean, I probably dumped like $75 worth of drinks, like just in the trash. I didn't give a shit. Glasser and everything. I ran to the showroom. At, by the way, I had my Duran Duran sticker on my tray. Total fan. And so like Simon and all of them, they start walking out. And I'm like, hey, you remember me two days ago? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're here at my job. Look at my tray. I'm just, I couldn't contain myself. And so one by one, hello, hello, hello. I'm not supposed to be here, but I, I can't believe this is happening. 
but but oh my but, god but, but tell t- tell the story about uh shaking hands with simon oh well that was at the hard rock but uh <laughs> so yeah and this is before social media this is before smartphones i had a blackberry that apparently only had so much memory in it and wouldn't you know it the moment i need him my phone no storage couldn't get a picture but anyway so i'm shaking his hand and i'm, I'm talking to him and i'm just i just you know i'm He's playing along though, because he could have pulled his hand away. He didn't do it, but he's shaking my hand, and I'm I'm gushing about you know my dad said when I was 13 I wouldn't be listening to you guys 20 years from now. Here it is, 20 some years later. Oh my God, I love you guys. I'm like he tore down all my posters when I got a bad progress report, and he's just like you know you can stop shaking my hand at any time, and I'm like oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> uh, but I think he was playing with me. He was fire, very sweet. But, um, and, and, and on the flippity, there's been some not so sweet celebrities well, and we don't need to talk about them. I, I won't mention any names. And I will say there are always factors. Yeah. People are drinking and, and alcohol and affects money. people. Well, yes, but alcohol affects people differently. Yeah. And I've seen people at their best and I've seen them at their worst. And if I was a terrible person, I could have documented behavior of a lot of famous people and probably, you know, let it out there and let, you know, things be known. But we didn't do that back in my day. Today, I, I would never exploit anybody. And, of course, we didn't have the technology. But, you know, yeah, I saw some shit. <laughs> and out of respect and legal reasons, I won't say what. But yeah. um, people lose their minds. And, and you know what the weird thing is, is they think the staff is, like, okay with that and that we do that stuff, too. And I'm like, um, there are mothers and you know, people who are in college grandmas. to be school teachers and well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we do have some grandmas in the biz, uh, but family people and yeah. they just put on the uniform to do their job and people treat cocktail servers or even, you know, the hot bartender, any, any chick in general, because, you know, they really have us all sexed up. But they treat you like you're a working girl, which there are working girls there. You just got to know how to find them. Or, <laughs> so, let them or let them find you. Or let them find you. Um, the carpet hose are thick. And they are walking through those casinos all the time. <laughs> and let me put it this way. If you're sitting by yourself and a random attractive young girl comes up to you and starts playing the machine next to you when there are dozens of other empty machines around, she's a, she's a working girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's just call her a working girl. Yeah. And let's talk about the working girls. There's different kinds of working girls, and we had to deal with them. Now, luckily, the girls were respectful, maybe because they knew that we had the upper hand because I was actually working a job that I'm allowed to do. <laughs> but I hold no ill will toward working girls. If somebody wants to sell their body and they're providing a service, and as long as everything's consensual and safe, whatever. Let it go. Uh, but uh, there's, there's different types of girls. There's like the high class ones that are really hard to tell because they're so polished. Yeah. The only way you can tell is because you see them again, Maybe not so frequently, but they're with somebody different, but it's kind of the same scenario. But then when you lock eyes, it's like you kind of know, but I'm like, whatever, girl, <laughs> do what you got to do. Uh, and then there's the ones we call them carpet hoes. Those are the ones that kind of have pimps in the hotel and not that they stay in the hotel, they just walk around and they're the girls that, you know, walk around the casino and will, you know, sit down next to somebody and try to work them. And, and a lot of the lounges we call them the carpet hose because most casinos have carpet and they, you know, pound the carpet. And then you got the real street walkers, the ones that will march up and down Tropicana between the strip and the Orleans at three in the morning. Those are the the bottom barrel girls, uh, and you got all those hourly motels down there. So I don't begrudge a working girl. Just be safe, you know. That's all. <laughs> but they used to scare up some of my plays. So I'd be like, "Look, 
if, if you start running off my people, you got to go. So I'm like, and tell them to hit me. And usually they would. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're getting your money. Well, you know, I'm so, it, it, some of those girls would run off your players. Like oh, I was yeah. getting tips to serve that guy drinks. He was legitimately gambling, and then she scares them away. Some some of them don't want that company, and they're a little shocked when somebody does that. Um, and you know, they're like, "Was that a was that a hooker?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, why did they allow that here? I'm like, "Well, you know, I can't. Um, <laughs> whatever. She's on her way. She's gone. Don't worry about her." Yeah. Keep, yeah. Drink, but, keep drinking. Yeah. I used to, one time I was in the bathroom and it was Christmas time and these girls were having a hard day. They weren't making any money. And, uh, they, you know, in the bathroom, just trying to like hide from the public. And these girls all crowd into the stall next to me and they were doing cocaine. You know, got to get through the night, I guess. But they were saying that they had to give their pimp something because they didn't have anything. They weren't working. And, and, you know, they left the stall and then I, you know, washed my hands, got out of there. As I was walking out, because I recognized their shoes, they were all standing by the ATM pulling money from their account so they could pay their pimp. So, you know, it ain't easy. <laughs> and uh, Costco waitresses have those hard nights too, although I've never had to pull from my account. But I've seen waitresses that have gambling problems or mates that have gambling problems that, you know, spend money that while they're working. That's sad. But that's not my story. No, no. Nope. But you have a tremendous amount of stories. It would be wonderful if you'd put these together. Well, I have written some stories over the years. It's just really hard to be. I'm a better storyteller, but if anybody out there <laughs> wants to help put it together, I have already locked down domain names from years ago. Uh, but I, um, yeah, I do have a, a mound of golden stories. And I would love to share them with people because a lot of people say, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. And that was my life. And I'll tell you what, if any of my former colleagues are listening right now, um, I would love to talk to them because they're still in the storm and they're probably rolling their eyes at me talking like, oh my God, it's not stupid, whatever, because it's still life for them. But when you get away from it, you really realize how, I'm going to say the word special that time is there. It's, uh, you know, dealing with the public. This is some education that you cannot get from any college or any book. Um, when you deal with the public in mass, the way casino workers do, and in particular cocktail waitress, and you add alcohol to the mix, you have, you, you have to be able to handle them and yourself, like not lose your cool. Um, and you know you don't want to you don't want to have any angry situations, so you have to know how to defuse people. Um, but it's uh, it's their jobs are crazy, and they deserve their tips. Well, maybe not all. There's some sourpuss waitresses that will <laughs> text, say, text in the bathroom with a full tray of fucking drinks yeah. while your drinks are dying on the tray, and then you finally take those drinks out and then complain that you, you got are. stiffed. Oh my God. Well, there, you know, look, there's good waitresses, there's bad waitresses. Sometimes it's justified. If you're, if your people are terrible and nobody's tipping you, maybe you sit back in the bar for a little longer. Cause I That's remember, I remember texting you when I was at your old casino saying, yep. I'm at, I'm at my machines and I haven't seen anybody in over a half an hour. I think it was closer to 45 minutes. Yeah. And, um, I, yes, I remember texting a girl that was working there that night and said, who's working yeah. this slot station. And she's like, Oh, that's so-and-so I go tell that bitch to bring my husband a bottle of water. Exactly. The fuck? And you're like, yeah, she walked past me twice. And I'm like, 
I'm like, does she know you're my husband and she's ignoring you? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty bad when I have to text a girl in Vegas from California to, get, to, to, to get serve my water. husband a drink. Yeah. yeah you know? So yeah, it, it, there's definitely different stories for different waitresses. Some, you know, you're legitimately doing your job, you're hustling, you're out there, you're dropping drinks. And, you know, some people are volume. They will bring out full trays. And it's hit or miss. Whatever sticks, they'll take a, you know the, yeah. the tip. Me, personally, I didn't work like that. I didn't like to work that hard. I only carried out full trays and six-packs that people were tipping. So, you know, sometimes you would, you know, walk a little out of your way to avoid a station or, I mean, avoid a bank of people who weren't tipping. Or, you know, maybe you skip them every other round because they weren't taking care of you. Or maybe they were drinking too fast or being demanding or you just didn't like the way they looked at you. Believe me, there was a lot of reasons that I would be fucking with somebody. I'm like, are you serious? You want something for me <laughs> and I have the power. So uh, if you're not nice and you don't tip, you ain't getting what you want. And people used to try to hustle us all the time. Yeah, can you bring two Bud Lights? I'm like, yeah, well, there's only one of you. Well, it's for my wife. And I'm like, well, when your wife gets here, I'll bring her a drink. Oh, uh, well, just bring it. No, I can only bring one person per drink per round and I don't see your wife playing. Ah, never mind. So you don't want the Bud Light at all? Ah, we'll just bring in the Bud Light then. And you bring out the Bud Light, the guy's fucking gone. So, yeah. of right. course, of course. Totally. People try to scan you. Bud Light! <laughs> Somebody yelling at me? Bud Light! Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Are you yelling your order at me from 50 feet away? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I was saying, well, anyways, people screaming their orders yeah. from... From not uh, an appropriate distance. And I, I just, it, it makes me wonder if they go into restaurants and yell at a server walking by the same way. Yeah, Hamburger! I, I, I do, but I'm, I'm... And how does that work for you? Not well. Yeah. Not too well. It, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Like, people, they would say something really fucked up to you. And I'm like, uh, what's stopping me? You, you know <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you a drink, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, at this point, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to share all my yeah. secrets because I don't want to, you know, you know, save people for the book. Thin today. Yeah, I'll save it for the book. But let me just put it this way. For the general public that's listening, please, I implore you, be, be nice and be patient when you're dealing with people who are handling your food and drink. Because <laughs> if you don't, they're going to do something to your stuff. And I've seen it and I've done it. So... Nothing too gross for my end, but yeah, the people you know. that I did it to had it coming. And I and I can remember two people, two, that I met. No, third one, she, she actually worked at the casino. She deserved it. But, um, yeah, that's another thing, too. There's a little girl-on-girl uh, -girl violence going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew two girls that used to put shit in each other's drinks. Not not chemicals or anything, just oh, like no. one would scratch her pubic area with like a straw and then stir the other girl's drink, just stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you laugh at that. <laughs> I, You know what? Because I didn't like either girl and I thought their, yeah, but... their fighting was petty and unnecessary and I just let it happen. I wasn't going to tell on either, either one of them. I just let them because I'm not getting involved. They'll start doing that stuff in my drink. So, I had dirty ashtrays dumped in my purse. Somebody didn't like something I said or did, you know, that dump a dirty ashtray in my bag. I had a bartender put honey in my jacket. That was a joke, but still, that was my jacket. I had to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> so I returned the favor. This is back when the machine spit out coins. So I emptied out about 20 honey packets 
into one of those coin cups. And when I tipped him out, I put all the quarters in it. So when he went to the cage to cash it in, they wouldn't cash it for him because he had to wash all those quarters first. There was like 40 bucks in quarters in there. So he wanted it. So he had to soak yeah. it overnight just to get the honey off of him. It, yeah. Hot water. He had to rinse them through the dishwasher. And, um, but he got me back cause he sprayed whipped cream into a coffee filter and threw it on the ceiling. And I went up to give my order and it landed on my head. So there was all kinds of pranks like that going on. All kinds of good stuff. All the good stuff. With love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And some evil shit too, but I'll save it for the, save it for the book. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I appreciate the time. What's You're welcome. The, what's the best way for my listeners to get a hold of you and follow you and see what you got going on? Well, I don't really do any cocktail updates anymore, but I still keep my page that I had for 10 years over on Twitter. It is called Casino Waitress. Although, just like my tagline says, it's more random random thoughts that I post now. But yeah. um, if you dig far enough back into my media, you will see some content for my cocktailing days. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll finally finish that website that I have the donate for and uh, direct people over there. I would certainly love to talk to more of my other workers and add some stories to it. It'd be fun. As you know, All I, right. th- I well, think you should. Well, thanks for interviewing me. I hope I don't disappoint. It was an odd interview. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening to my... my the, the first, this is the first episode you've actually listened to. Uh, well, I'm a part, part of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're welcome. All right. All right. I'll see you in the living room. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.